0: Four, three, two, one. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another awesome episode of Optimal You. Today is going to be great. Not very often do I like to share about myself. We did an episode first season on here about my story, which focused a lot about foster care. Um, But I usually like to have guests on here and to share their story and to share how they've overcome uh, and are working on living their optimal lives. But today is going to be another Joe episode. And today, Joe episode is going to focus on mental health. Um, I've never been a big proponent of mental health, but I'm becoming more of a proponent of destigmatizing mental health, and especially in men. Um, and my guest today, my fantastic co-host, if you will, uh, is my good friend, life, lifelong buddy, Colton Brockbank. Uh,
1: Colton's been on before. Colton, welcome. I'm here, Joe. Say hi to the people. I'm here. Hello, everybody. You sound so lovely. I hope (laughs) so. It might be the cat that's helping me, it brings the, the voice in deep. for, for Colton. <laughs> I, I have two cats
0: and a dog, and I am learning that a lot of my friends are allergic to cat Colton being one of those. I am um, feeling it good. You have two cats. He is scratching his <laughs> eyes like crazy. I'm, I'm sorry, dude. It's, it's we'll, fine. We'll get through this. We're going to get through it, Joe.
1: So Which if is I'm, good
0: because if I, I'm i just like... <laughs> if <I'm> just like <laughs> <laughs> if he all of a sudden goes anaphylaxic. Like, oh, I do have an EpiPen somewhere. Oh, dude, I'm here. fine. It's it, in there's my, no bees in here. I'll be fine. My, my eyes cabinet. just swell up. It's great. We, we'll we still give you some Epinephrine. Yeah, we're great. We'll give you a shot of that. Okay, that sounds <laughs> terrific. Um, but uh welcome everybody. so this is this is going to be a fun episode. Um a, a little bit of preface, and it's just my personality type where I have a close-knit group of friends, and if you're in that close group of friends, kind of like meet the meet the parents, like you get all the you get all the deeds. I'm open and I share. But if you're acquaintances, you know, if you're outside of that really close knit, I don't like to share a lot of
1: personal details. And, and even in my close circle, I'm not you know, all Joe avoids sharing. me all the freaking time. I'll message him on certain dates be like, hey Joe, how you feeling? What's going on? No text for like Nothing. three or four days. And then I'm like, I could get it, but you're still a dick. You should still respond to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm
0: working on it. I'm trying to get better at it. Um, but so with this, um, I want to share more because I know that there are people who, individuals and a lot of guys who are going through some of the things that I've gone through in my mental health journey, um, but they're not talked about. And the reason they're not talked about is because a lot of, um, I used this word before in just chatting with you, but stigmas. I don't. I don't want to try to use it too much. I, I hate when you people get asphyxiated. Uh, asphyxiated on like a certain word <laughs> and yeah, don't die a re- report. I'm gonna say fixated. Fixated. Please don't get yeah, not asphyxiated as, on as it. <laughs> <laughs> some people. Some people don't even know words. <laughs> anyway, it, it's usually just not talked a lot. So I want to share. But sometimes when people share, they're they're doing it as like, "Hey, help me out! Like, I'm in need. I have a great support system. Um, so I just don't want people to get confused. Like, oh crap! Like, Joe's going through a lot of shit. I should be there for him. Like, I don't I don't need anybody to extra to like step up. If you want to, and that's like your intention, by all means. On try not to reject or ignore people. There hey, we go. Man. Um, but I'm I'm really at a good spot better a lot of you will hear from where i've been this this past year which is super challenging and you know one thing that's interesting call um before we jump into my story is that we're right now at the beginning of 2022 we're still in january today is the 7th seeing a lot of people post about last year and it Mm. seems like everybody not everybody but Most it's very ever. common that people had a really tough 2021. It
1: was, a, it was a shitty year. 2021 was not even for me. It was probably my hardest year I've had in the last decade. That
0: that's that's the phrase that's Everybody's what saying. It's saying. the hardest year that they've had, and it's not about the things you would think of about like COVID mandates, masks, no. other which, things in which, life.
1: Sure, that may have helped push certain things in a direction, but that's mm-hmm. not what everyone was yeah. struggling with. Yeah. So, yeah. it, especially for you, because anybody hearing Joe's voice right now, it is like night and day different from like <laughs> three months ago. So, <clears throat> I'm it's way excited crazy. for you to start. Yeah. In fact, let's just jump in, dude, because we don't have a do ton it. of time. No. I want to hear about where it started back like <laughs> December, January, when everything like really took a turn. What, what happened, dude? What was going on and what happened? So
0: let's let's preface mm. by going to my last relationship. Last relationship fantastic relationship. Um have a lot of respect for for her and Sweet. still consider her a good friend in in my sense. I know because our relationship didn't work out, we probably got to like work on things before we can be friend friends, you know? And it's been a couple of years since that relationship, but coming out of that I was like, okay, a lot of things I've identified that I need to work on um was single for a while, tried to uh work on those things at least what I thought I was doing and so twenty nineteen November comes around I jump onto the Mormon dating app Mutual, and I decide to put myself about well, myself out there and try to start dating again. so go through the dating apps for everybody that's our age <laughs> or older who hasn't experienced these. The dating apps are interesting. Anyway, met met somebody, started going on dates. We weren't like dating or official or anything like that. And she was really cool. And I was like, okay, this is awesome. Here I am. I'm decided, you know, I'm gonna work on myself. I've up to this point thought, okay, I've worked on things, I'm good enough to at a point where I can feel comfortable putting myself out there. Met a girl we're dating. Um, and I'm trying to work on things that I know that in my past relationships, I wasn't good at. Uh, so there's all of and this showing thought in my mind, exactly. Like I've done some work, I'm putting in extra effort. I'm doing all these things heading in the right direction. This is going to lead me to at the time where my goal was, let's get married. Let's have some kids. Let's start a family. Well, didn't go that way. <laughs> <laughs> didn't quite go as planned. So, um, understanding and knowing everybody has a story and I was just so focused on my story and where I was at, um, with this, um, woman that I was dating her story and my story where they mixed, um, we, we weren't at the same level where, um, as far as like resolved issues, I guess there was still a lot of unresolved things that she shared with me. I was like, "Whoa, man, that's very surprising. But, um, as well, my own actions led to complications within the relationship. Right. So after like a month or two of going on dates, um, and some other things happening, uh, that I won't go into too much detail on. I won't ask right now. Uh, me. but, uh, she, she kind of broke things off and, I was literally like super, super surprised, angry, and fell into a depression over this because I'm like, I I know of things that I've done incorrect. I've tried to work and fix on those things. I'm in a religious sense, right? Like on the straight and narrow path heading in a right direction or where I thought and now it's not working out. So all of a sudden it comes crumbling down on me and I don't understand why. Like I know I know things are not linear. I know it's not a straight line, but I'm like, "Hey, I felt really good about this. Like why isn't it working out? Why isn't it happening now?" and i think that's the thought that got stuck in me mm. why is it not happening now when i've put in this much work effort and energy and that's that's the thought that kind of snowballed in my mind
1: and usually negative self talk comes from negative questions yes we're really good at we pretend that we're really good at just giving positive affirmations or negative affirmations but we're usually trying to solidify and be right about a question that we're asking, which is really interesting. So when you Mm -hmm. ask that question, you're like, why am I a pile of dumb? You're finding every single reason why you're a pile of dumb. So what was like the number one thing that you're saying about yourself at this time? Like what's, what's it that you're, you're going about and you're saying, okay, what is it that you're not good enough? Or what was it that you were saying mostly?
0: Uh, So I, I think it was just that I think that this thought had come into my mind and it, Like you said, my mind started to run through scenarios or behaviors and uh, different things where it was like, oh yeah, this is probably a reason why it's not working out. But I don't think I focused on just one. I, more so for me this time, it was just in general, it's never going to work out. Mm. No matter how much energy or effort you put in, you're still going to fall short in a relationship. You're still not going to be what somebody else is looking for. And, and another big piece of this is, is a religious aspect. Um, uh, member of the Church of Jesus Christ, of Latter-day Saints, Mormons. I still call them Mormons, <laughs> even though we're not supposed to. So Mormon LDS, um, there's an article or a blessing that we get that gives us kind of some guidepost of what our life might be like, right? <laughs> and so... At the same time, where I'm feeling this, I I pull this out and I was like, maybe maybe this will help me. Um, okay, let's let's step back. So I'm super depressed, and at the time, how Joe handled depression was coping mechanisms, and the biggest coping mechanism was alcohol. And so I can't remember if I had any, but anyway, I had a a pretty good sized handle of vodka. No, nope, tequila. And I just started doubting it. And so while I'm downing it, while I'm in this depressed state, having self-doubt, I don't know why it crossed my mind, but I was like, I want to pull out my patriarchal blessing and I'm going to read it. <laughs> so <laughs> I pull it out and I read mind. it. And, and I'm super wasted. And again, those feelings of self-worth and self-doubt, I'm like, holy shit, this is, this is who I can be. And I'm so far off from this. And that's when I was just like, okay, I, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I was like, I, I don't, I couldn't identify why. <laughs> and I think that's, that's what was more. I, I think my mind's trying to say all of these things, but, but where it just didn't connect was you're trying so hard. Yes, you may be imperfect, but everybody's imperfect, but no matter what you do, you keep going into failed relationship after failed relationship. Um, you can't even date somebody without that going awry and not to mention other life factors. This is just focusing particularly on dating women in general. And then what my overall expectation of my life should be (laughs) at the time. And I'm just like, I can't, I can't do it. I can't ever seem to win. I can't ever seem to get ahead um and it hit me super hard super hard um i don't even remember when this was um but
1: is this when you text all of us you text the group of the boys and you're like dude struggle bus because is it is this when this is january yeah. yeah so this is when ty and Nat came because you text all of us and then ty and Nat came to the rescue
0: yeah, so I I don't remember what I texted group actually, but you were um, hammered that
1: night. I was because yeah, I remember exactly. Nat called me after, and she's like, "Hey, I know that Joe didn't mean all this stuff." Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that's a funny. one. Okay, so let's not jump ahead. So, so I'm super drunk, super wasted, and just thinking suicidal thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know if this is a clinical term, but I get very deep suicidal depression every once in a while, and it's usually on circumstances like this so that's one of the things I wanted to share this was not the first time (laughs) where I had a suicidal episode this was actually the third time fourth time fourth time actually Um, and I want to share these I want to go through it so the first time um, was during my first relationship these are all relationship based and knowing and understanding my story growing up in foster care (laughs) having issues with um, you know, family. What does a family look like? Why don't I have a family? Why am I in foster care? You know, all of this stuff. Relationships. Um, relationships are tough, and that's when it usually brings out the worst. And especially when relationships aren't going good. Right. So, um, lost my train of thought. What was I just saying? You were telling about the first time. Oh, yes. Okay, perfect. Come back. So I broken up. We were on and off, and this was more out of attention seeking. So with this um, cry out for help, it was just that like, Hey, maybe she'll come back to me Mm. if she sees how wrecked I am by this. So I'd went, um, gosh, this is so bad. I went and bought a couple of tall boys um, and I grabbed my gun (laughs) I got in my car and where we used to live um, I actually used to drink when I was sad and just drive around for a minute and then head home. So I grabbed this stuff. I went to the gully, I parked, pounded one of the, the brews and then did the same thing where I texted my family and I texted her. I was like, Hey, I'm done. Can't do this. <laughs> and I was actually surprised. And I didn't have intentions to actually go through with this, but I was like, Hey, look, look at, look at me. My mom was like, okay, well I'll see you in the morning. <laughs> my mom just being her sweet old self. Oh my god. And I was like, Mom, that's not what I was expecting. And then I think I think the girl didn't even respond back. So I was like, Great, this is dumb. So I just drove home and that that was the end of that. But there was the attempts and put out there for the first time, like, hey, I'm gonna kill myself. So same relationship, same thing <laughs> keeps happening. This was probably a year spaced out. Um, same thing. I think I'd come to the same decision this time i bought in. I bought a, a handle, dude. I'm sorry, you're struggling so bad no, with the this allergies. Is fine. Your I'm eyes are great.
1: red. I'm doing great. Bro. Just keep going. <laughs>
0: and uh, bought a handle of Fireball. So this is why I can't drink Fireball anymore. I wouldn't either. I drank the whole. And I'm not talking like a handle. I'm talking like the bigger size mm. of it. And I just started downing it. Um, at the time I was living with my mom in our house, and my brother Brian lived there as well. I think I. Had drank so much. He said when he found me, I was at the bottom of the stairs. I was blacked out. I have no recollection of this night at all. And he's like, shit, I can't let Joe be here around mom and the family the way he is. So he loaded me up in his car, and we drove around till I was soberish. But I don't remember this at all. So my intent of drinking and drinking so much was just to... Hopefully that I wouldn't wake up. This time I, I was hoping that. This time I was hoping like... I don't wake up from this. I'm just going to pound this and then hopefully I stay asleep. I don't, I'll just slip in away from this life. Um, but yeah, I guess I'd drunken, had drank it, was in my room and then somehow had wandered out. And luckily at that time, my brother had found me. So nothing else had happened. Um, and and he, he tells me stories of this and I don't, I don't remember it all, but he'd went to McDonald's, I guess, to get me some food. And, I jumped out in the drive-through and was just like causing a scene in this McDonald's drive-through. And I had to pee, and I have a very weak bladder, especially when I drink and when I drink a lot. Like when I had to pee, I had to pee out. I'm gonna pee in my pants, and so
1: like Joe couldn't even hold it before we were starting this. He had to get up and go,
0: and I didn't even pee bad. a lot, but I had to pee, so I had to go. So, <laughs> so this situation. Anyway. Episode two, episode three, a few years later, same thing, like struggle with relationship. And at this time, I had had a prescription for an antidepressant, but also an antidepressant that was to help me sleep. And I just took what was ever was left in the bottle. Um, but this time it scared me because as I started going in and out of consciousness, I was like, oh, freak, do I really want to do this? And something said, no, you don't. So I went and threw up in the toilet real fast. Um, so these things happen. <laughs> and this isn't the first time that it's happened for Joe. Um, and these, this has obviously been issues that I've been dealing with that have been going on for a long time. So when this time rolling around, um, it was 100% certain that this is what I was going to do. And it was a different feeling that had come so I drank all this I was just feeling the worst rut. texted close friends cuz I was like shit I don't I don't know Talking about in January what of this to do last year. yeah so now we're back
1: to January just for the record too if you think about each time that you did this especially the time before now January each time that you did it you you, you actually didn't make the full choice to go through with it you never really wanted to go no you just wanted the attention which is really common. Mm -hmm. It's just what we do as kids to get attention is that we throw fits or we do stuff that might seem over the top or whatever. But when we're adults, we're like, I can't just like whine and cry. And so actually the worst case scenario that we can do is go, okay, this is the cry wolf that I have to do. Yes. Tyler did it all the time with me back in the day, back right after high school. And Dustin had just, my brother just died. And I was like, you son of a bitch, don't do this to me. Yeah. But but nobody else really gets it, and when you're in that space, you're so yeah. desperate for love. That's it's not that you want attention; you're just going about it in the way of getting attention because love seems so far fetched that it's like, yeah, that's not even possible. As long as I can know that somebody even knows I'm here, it's great. So yeah, now you come into January and you have another big, huge episode, like now this is with the last girl that you were just saying. Yep. You're recognizing that the stuff that you're doing isn't actually serving her and she's feeling frustrated and like hurt by you. And you're like, gosh, damn it, dude. I thought I was doing a good job. Yes. And so then what's the thought process? Like you're like, okay, this time I'm freaking over it. I just can't do this anymore. I can't handle it. What's, what are you, what are you feeling actually? What are you actually feeling in that time? And that's why this time was
0: different because I felt nothing. It was an emptiness. It was a feeling I had never felt before. It, I guess, the best way to describe it is I was just numb all over, numb where I couldn't function. I couldn't get out of bed. Um any any type of thoughts that I would have would just die. I I, I tried of course to like be be happy and be positive and, and bring myself out of this but in in this space like where I realized other times was like okay I'm I'm rebounding all right this isn't that bad none of that was working for me this time. And so Tyler Tyler and Natalie good friends they like came over was a shit show. Brought you McFlurry they left yeah McFlurry they left. Um, I actually reached out to my ex-girlfriend at the time and she was fantastic. She was super concerned and, and really helped me not immediately do anything. And through the next couple of weeks helped me get the, the help that I needed. Um, but But that was what was so interesting is just that it was it was a feeling that i've never felt before and i was like oh shit this is this is legit <laughs> this yeah. is legitness and so um Black after they come really over this time day 2 i'm there and i'm still feeling this numb like i just couldn't move i couldn't think i couldn't do anything and i was like i can't do this anymore and again my mind starts going to these thoughts and so at this point i was feeling like an idiot like an asshole because i just made a complete shit show of like our friends and Tyler and Natalie came over. So it was like, I can't reach out to any of my friends, like I'm still feeling this way. And with, um, my ex-girlfriend, I was like, she doesn't need to bear this burden. So I text to suicide hotline, which was crazy. Um, and I still have the, the, the chat log in my phone, but it, <laughs> It was, it was one of those situations where again, it was like, I need somebody to talk to, but this is what I'm feeling inside.
1: And it, (laughs) so that everybody knows that Joe's really good at masking emotions, but if you could see the emotion that's on Joe's face and his eyes. um, It's not allergies. Yeah. This one's (laughs) like cold. Cold looks like me, but he's got allergies. But
0: anyway, so I'm, so I'm texting and they go through just like some general general chat and talk. I'm like, okay, well, are you feeling what's going on? And then they asked the question of like, okay, well, is there anything in your house that you can harm yourself with? Or like, I, I don't remember it offhand and I can look up the chat, but they were basically wondering like, well, how are you going to do this? And I was like, well, got a loaded gun. And I'm also, the other thought that crossed my mind was, Well, I could probably hang myself in the basement. (laughs) And that would be another quick way to go. Um, And I wrote that. it was actually like the first time where I think I was like, I'm going through with this. (laughs) And then I just laid there in bed. And then I kind of stopped responding to that. And I just laid there. And I couldn't shake it even... Even though I, they talked a lot about like having a plan and I think inadvertently like the plan was creating itself and I was like, crap. (laughs) And it scared me and it freaked me out. But at the same time, like I, I just come to this point where like, this is, this is it. This is, this is what's happening.
1: Like, um, yeah. So can I, can I make a note on this? It's really cool. So before you keep going on, this is, this is really important for people that have felt suicidal thoughts and that go to this place. A lot of people um, try to push off negative thoughts and negative emotions and not look at them at all. Um, and, and they do that even on a minimal level where they'll do it with sadness and anger and stuff. But when it goes to suicide, people really try to push off and be like, oh, don't think of that. Don't even look at that. And the only issue is, is actually, um, if you are really intent on going through with it, um, where you've, you've actually had more of a long-term depression state going on here. It's mm-hmm. been in and out for and years untreated. Now.
0: And untreated. So I, in the, an, another thing with that first relationship, sorry, I'm going back and forth. I should like label these relationship A, but with that first relationship uh, she was like, you need help. So against my will and not wanting to, I went to a doctor and got on that antidepressant right. and then got that medicine. But I was like, I'll just take it. So she well, knows that I'm doing something, but and this is, it's not working.
1: But this is really good though, for people to see like, okay, long-term, short-term, either way, people have you know gone out on both sides of it. It's less common in long-term to do it. And the reason is is that you continued to reach out. And you the only thing that people can really do and say in this time is that when those thoughts do come up, please pull a Joe and text the hotline or text a friend or call a friend because that's the number one thing that actually is you committing to not dying. That's actually yeah. the first part of you being like, I really don't want to go. Even though you don't want to be here, you don't want to go more than you don't want to be here. Which is really cool feedback in a way for anybody that gets into a suicidal place. It's like, hey, if you reached out, that's you saying, I actually don't want to die. I just am miserable as shit right now. Yeah. And that's awesome. Uh, At least for you to like, for people to see where you went, it's like, okay, now I'm at my wits end. And then you text and you're like, okay, I actually do want to die. And you're like, I do. But you're recognizing that that's actually the emotion, same way that people don't look at like, oh, I'm sad. I can't be sad. I feel so stupid that I'm sad. And it's like, no, dude, you really wanted to die. At least you had the balls to text somebody and say that so that you could actually face that, which sounds really contradictive to what most people would say. And I'm not a clinical psychologist or anything like that. (laughs) But I will say- But you did say it a Holiday in. Yeah. <laughs> I did say it a Holiday in. But methodically, I, I, don't, I don't think it's smart to completely distance yourself from things that you don't ever face. And you hadn't really ever faced it until mm-hmm. that night. Exactly. It was yeah. the first time you really faced it and looked at it head on and been like, okay, if I'm really doing this shit, like- I guess I'm really doing this, but you would text somebody. So you still didn't want to go. You just finally had the courage to look at it, which is a really big deal. Yeah. So I wanted to point that out. When you are in that place, message somebody and really take a look at it. I think that's healthy. Yeah. And, and the reason I'm
0: sharing this is because it's, be, it's coming to light that there are more people who feel these feelings and have felt these feelings. And I, and I just want people to know, one depending on how deep you go with these thoughts. But these are normal thoughts. I would say I'd felt this several times before. Um, but I believe to a certain extent everybody have, has these thoughts, but we don't talk about them. No. And so when somebody who's struggling wants to reach out but has no idea that other people around them have had these experiences, they don't want to reach out. It kind of puts them back into their shell, and it's like, oh, if you... I wish we could see like people's logs and be like, "Oh yeah, i can, I can talk to you. you've You've had this going on as well. And that's that's the reason why I'm sharing these experiences in my life. This is something that's very deep, and you know, I have no idea <laughs> i I still am trying to let go of other people's judgments of me because that's not actually a reflection of me. Uh, because I'm quite comfortable with who I am, but still, there's a little bit of fright and a little bit of scare inside of me of like, shit, this is out there now. This well, this is going to be out there, right? Everybody's going to hear this. Um, co-workers, whoever whoever listens to this now knows this about Joe. But I don't. I personally don't see it as a weakness, but I know other people can label that as a weakness. But I want, but I want people to know that it's there. And two, I've been there. I've been to those deep depths. And like you were saying, like, if you don't know who you can reach out to, you can reach out to me. One, um, also it's, it's important to understand these situations, right? Like you and I sitting here right now, we don't know, we don't know that feeling. We're in a different state. We're in a different spot. When you're in that state, um, you, you necessarily don't want to be told how to feel, how to think, how to act don't do you don't exactly you you just want somebody there who will care and who will listen and who will let you kind of talk through what's going on and for me that's the biggest thing that i've taken from this experience of of how i can help um i shared this with with a friend i was like if somebody came to me knowing how i felt like i don't want somebody to tell me don't everything's going to be okay. That's not what I needed to hear in that moment. Um, And I was like, yeah, I probably wouldn't, (laughs) I wouldn't probably tell a suicidal person not to do it, but I would want to understand. And that's, that's the support that I'm lending and willing to give is I'll understand you in that moment. Um, This is probably pretty deep spiritual, but I believe everything happens for a reason. And everybody has a journey. Everybody has a path. I, I, even though I have been in similar situations and circumstances, maybe as somebody else is this, I don't know their mind. I don't know what's going on in there. I don't know what damage has been done or what pathways, you know, are, are working and functioning properly. There's there's probably some stuff going on there. Like with myself, there's, there's definitely a lot of depression, a lot of healing, a lot of thinking that was just wrong to, to be better. And I think that's the other important thing to understand with somebody who's feeling like depressed and suicidal is not an overnight fix. Yeah. And, and for the person in that state, that's what they want. And that's why it becomes so hard to continue to go on because it's like, it's going to take work. It's going to take time. I don't want that. I want it right now. And that's why they're seeking an immediate end to kind of this misery that's going on inside of them, right? And it's like... Who am I to tell somebody, this is this is really bad. Um, who am I to tell somebody to stay in that misery state, right? Like, who am I to say, no, just keep going. Keep being miserable. It'll get better. Like, I'm, I'm not that person. There's already a savior. Um, I can be a savior, but I will only offer myself up for that if that's what that person wants. Like, if that's not what that person wants... <laughs> I'm not going to force it. Like I know everything in the end will work out. Um, but I will not encourage anybody to stay in misery. Uh, I don't know. That sounds bad. And it may be hard to understand and interpret, but, um, what I will do is I will listen. I will be with you. I know what it's like. I know it takes time and I know there are ups and downs and that's the support that I would lend. I wouldn't be like, Hey, Gonna be better tomorrow you're gonna find that girl like no that, that's those are not answers that somebody needs in that moment What somebody needs to know is like hey it's gonna be difficult it's gonna be hard but I'll be here with you I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll walk this path with you and whatever you decide I love and support you no matter what <laughs> if you decide that you've had too much and there's so much pain going on with inside of you that you want it to stop For me, I view that as this person finally has relief. Everything that was going on inside of their mind, that they weren't able to push aside. Now that's pushed aside. And that's what I said. It kind of gets into a deep like spiritual belief. Like I do believe in an afterlife. I do believe that we continue living after this life. And I think that there will be an awakening. And once that person realizes that, and experiences it, they'll be like, oh, okay. Yep. This is what happened. And, yeah. and I'll be there. Like I'll be that support. So <laughs> that's what I say. I don't know. It's kind of hard. Maybe other people who have been suicidal, even attempted their lives, understand that. So if you don't understand it, maybe you haven't felt that. Um, but don't take it the wrong way.
1: <laughs> well, and I'll say this just to preface into that or a little bit, or just, um, clear something up that's actually really cool about what you said. <clears throat> you said, I wouldn't make somebody do anything and I'm not going to try and force their hand or whatever, and that they should just stay there, or try to change their mind. One of the things that you said is that, you know, I, I just want you to know I love you and I support you and I, I'm just behind you. So whatever you decide is is best for you, I, I get it and I'm behind you. And that's actually a form of empowerment. And the the neat thing about people that are in like yourself, when you're in that deep state, you feel absolutely powerless. Yes. You don't feel like you have any power. Mm-hmm. And so when somebody actually comes up and goes, hey, you've, you've totally got the choice and I, I love you. It's like, oh, I have some sort of power. Like there's something that I have control over because when people go to the place of actually taking their life, it's usually toward the very end of the rope. And they're like, there's no more rope. I don't know what else to do. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, okay, but I don't disagree with that methodology at all. I think that that's great. I think that empowering people is, is powerful. And, um, for anybody that's listening to this and that they came to listen to this because they're struggling, you're already crying out. You're already looking for something and for a reason to stay. And so you're, you already found your reason to stay. So, I don't think that anything that you're saying is bad and anybody that's listening to this is probably just understanding completely like, yeah, I've been there. And even myself, like I haven't had such deep depression that I've been like ready to go, but I've totally had suicidal thoughts. I've totally, especially when I was in high school, I did not, I did not like a lot of high school and I was really hard on myself. And then even after Dustin died, I was like, dude, screw this. Like, you're going to go, I'm effing over this too. I don't want to have to carry this It's stupid, Yep. but I never went to the place where it was quite where you've been at. And anybody that does hear this and anybody that's hearing Joe's voice and hearing his emotion and compassion, you just heard that you have somebody that's here that can walk with you and that can take care of you. And, um, you've already, you you've already been looking for a reason to stay. Joe's Joe's one of those reasons. So don't hesitate to reach out because you're already there. You might as well just let them know, Hey, thank you. It meant a lot because it probably already worked. So for the record, I don't disagree with anything you said. (laughs) And I think it's cool that you're sharing the actual bits of it because most people don't ever share. I really don't give a shit and I don't want to be there. And
0: it's, it's, it's scary. And I think that's probably why fear fear prevents us from doing a lot of things. But, um, where where I am at right now is I'm beyond that. I'm like, okay, you, you went through these experiences. There's a reason. Yeah. Um and this is the reason. One, you, you need to talk about these things. And two, there's there's probably people out there that you can help. And now not that's not like my life objective, but that's what I want to do. If I can help, I, I, I want to help out. So so beginning of the year, going through all this is a lot <laughs> to to take in January. But honestly, for like the next three or four months, I was still numb. So I realized I needed to get extra help. Um, I went to my doctor uh, who I'd been working with on some other testosterone-related stuff. Uh, We may not jump into that this time. We may have to go into another another one. This is only part
1: Um, one of part two for anybody
0: listening. So I go to a doctor. I get on another antidepressant because I'm like, yeah, I, I can't shake out of this one twofold I begin meeting with a therapist Uh, my work actually really awesome has a really big focus on mental health so we have dedicated therapists that at no additional cost to us for working at our company we can sign up with them and have sessions (laughs) which is really cool so I met with ours for um a couple of times for a couple of months and it was interesting um little about Joe. I grew up in a therapeutic foster home. I was forced to meet with a therapist um, just because that was the program that my mom was in. Um, at first it was frequent. It was like once a week, I think. And then it got down to less and it was like two times a month. And then it was one time a month. And then I think we had to stick with that. But it was, it was kind of pointless. It was like going there. It was like, everything, things are great. And really talk about stuff and consistent, yeah, and and I think um, it actually led to me repressing more. Like, no, everything's fine. I'm just gonna tell you things are fine, and then we don't have to talk, and then we can be in and out. Um, I'm not like the other kids who have <laughs> issues and things going on that really needs to talk to somebody. So, so I've had this
1: not in your mind. That's wall. what you're saying, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I've
0: had this wall. <clears throat> what, what I'm what I'm describing is that. I've been against it because I was forced to do it for so long um, that I was like, yeah, I don't need that. It never helped me. Um, I don't, I don't see the point of it, but this, I was different was like, okay, I I need some help. And I finally shed that, which made me more open and willing to go in to talk. What do you got? Like 15, 20 minutes. I just need to know. Yeah. Uh,
1: Like 10, 10.
0: We'll go 15. So, (laughs) um, okay, 12. So I, so I meet with her, right? And, so meeting with a therapist, and part of the reasons why I was like, oh, um, this is going to be poop. I was like, okay, they're, I go to a therapist, I talk about my stuff, they give me a strategy and a plan, and then my issues are fixed and resolved. So I was like, okay. I told that doer, like, she's like, well, why are you here? And I explained a little bit what was going on. And she's like, okay, yeah, good thing you're on the antidepressant, but I recommend a natural route. And I was like, okay, well, send me your list of meds and I'll try those out too. Um, but the, I was like, okay, so you're going to fix my problems. You're going to tell me how to deal with all this, all of this bad. Yeah. I was like, that's the point of coming to therapy. Right. And she's like, she laugh. And I was like, oh shit. What? <laughs> she's like, no, he's like, I don't fix your problems. <laughs> he's like, you're going to de- be depressed for the rest of your life. You're going to have suicidal thoughts for the rest of your life. You just have to understand how to handle these emotions. And that was the first time. What a baller. Where I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Therapy's supposed to fix this stuff. So moving forward, it doesn't happen. And she literally opened my eyes. And it was huge. It was huge for me because even up to this point, other people were like, you need to go to therapy you need to fix these problems and so in my mind it's like fix solution right okay well now here i am at meeting with you to get the solution and she's like i don't have a solution to offer you <laughs> she's like i can yes there's like a, why there's the a, hell am i there's even a here? chemical imbalance <laughs> there's a chemical imbalance going on in your brain that you need to fix and she's like if she's like i wouldn't recommend the antidepressant and she's like i got these other natural remedies that you can do and And my experience with both of those, so I I did the antidepressant because I knew, um, like, hey, there's something going on here. And when I would describe to my doctor and my therapist how I was feeling, they're like, that's not how this should be making you feel. I was still feeling lethargic. I was still feeling cloudy. They're like, this is actually supposed to give you energy and make you go out and do these things. I was like, well, not working, doc. I don't know what to tell you. So I tried her natural remedy, and it was the same thing it necessarily didn't make me feel better but i just still didn't feel like myself and i was like ah, i don't like these so after several months of trying um an antidepressant so i didn't they were like we could switch you around but she's like based off of what you're feeling i don't i don't know and think there'll be a benefit to try because with an antidepressant just like anything else you get onto it um there's a deloading stage that you have to go through right. you can't just cold turkey quit well most you people can. can't. It just, it <laughs> yes. wrecks you. Exactly. Mentally and emotionally. So I did cold turkey. I was like, I don't like this. I'm not feeling any better. I'm just going to go off of it. So I stopped taking it. Make you feel And sick. I was still going, I actually didn't feel anything. I have no idea what was. just wasn't working. Uh, biologically going on <laughs> in my body for those six months, first six months of last year. But yeah, just wasn't working. So I went off like mid year and I was like, all right, here we go. I start working on some things and what well, we got 10 minutes. Oh, we said 10 <laughs> minutes, five minutes ago. <laughs> hey, remember when I was eight on your minutes. live and you're like, Oh no, no, no. Let later, later, eight later, later, Joe, later, eight, Joe, eight, later, Joe. eight Okay. Minutes, eight Joe. Minutes. So uh, I'm just trying to think of what to go into next. Cause next is kitty. <clears throat>
1: Nice. Yeah. So this wh- what month is this right now? Where you're at? We're
0: probably like summer, like June. June-ish. You're like Juneish. Yeah. So yeah. I let's, rem- let's
1: touch on this. This is you got to there, There's
0: a it. lot here, but I don't. The only thing that I want to share with July is that it was another big time of loss, and for me, a sign of some of the healing that has gone on and some of the work that was done. Right. Um, so. Uh gosh darn it, I had a cat and she is the cutest little thing, and she was just an indoor cat. Um I got a dog in February, March, because so like oh maybe that'll help me. And I've always wanted a dog. So, so the other thing is too, after all this happened, I was like, I'll say it because this is what I was thinking. It was like, fuck it, just do whatever you want, right? Like yeah. it doesn't matter. You're not here for a long time. You are not taking any of this shit with you. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna do it. I wanted a dog. I'm getting a dog. Um, And so I just, I started doing more of those things and making some more of those decisions. So I got a German Shepherd Chief. He's awesome. Um, I trained my cat to use doggy door to go into the basement to go potty uh, in her litter box. So when I got my dog at the time, I was working at our distribution center. So going in office. And so I put in a doggy door so he can go in and out my basement sliding door while I was gone. So he wasn't just stuck in his crate and his kennel while I was at work. Sometimes your cat. 12 hours. No, my dog. Oh, your dog. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, Paint a picture here. And so my cat wouldn't venture outside. She would not use that door for the longest time. And I was like, perfect. This is great. Like you use your doggy door, go downstairs, go potty. And then this is perfect. She started venturing out and she would go out like for like an hour or two and then come back in. And right around the 4th of July, um, she started going out for the night and then coming back in the morning. She's super cute. She, Um I'm very routine, so I guess my pets get very routine. When I would go up and go to bed, she'd come lay down with me and at the time she had her bed in my room and then she would go to sleep. But since she would go out, she would come up, lay down, and then she'd make sure I'd like lay down and then she'd go. And then in the morning she would come back and she'd be on my bed. So I was like, Oh, this is awesome, it's working out. Well, I live in Eagle Mountain and there's a huge field behind me and there's coyotes out there, and I don't know why I hadn't thought about it. There's there's a lot of factors at play in this and I try not to think about it too much because I really do get sad, but um, anyway, she'd went out on the third, so people light fireworks off on the third, didn't think about it. Um, what I think had happened is that she would got confused, lost, um, because of the fireworks that night, couldn't find her way back. It was like a week, and I was like tearing myself apart. I was wrecked. I was like, oh my gosh, I hope she comes back. I, yeah, I didn't say were anything. You me that
1: you were going on walks, looking yeah, for her on a daily yep. basis.
0: Yeah, um, went out looking for her. Scanned the neighborhood. I was a little bit embarrassed because I was like, "Crap, I'm responsible for this." Like, mm. dang it, Kitty's gone. Hopefully, she's okay. Anyway, a week later, I get a text um, from a number saying, "Hey, we we found the remains of your cat." Mm. <laughs> the number was on the collar. I was like, "Oh shit!" I was I was happy and I was sad. Happy to know something. If it like primitive, like, okay, she's yeah past and sad at the same time because i i guess i don't prep myself for it right like i was like okay she's out there this definitely is a possibility but i'm hoping i'm holding on like she'll come back <laughs> finally maybe she's in somebody's garage and they have no idea right because yeah. she was that type of cat where she want, always wanted to go in my garage always wanted to go into like and explore so anyway Uh so when I got the text, it was actually just on the other side where they're doing construction and there were just a few of her remains. So I think what had happened is that either she'd succumbed to the elements or the coyotes got her initially, but either way, she there was only a little bit left of her. So I picked her up, buried her in my backyard, and it was super tough. So again, we're in this relationship and loss situation, right? Um, I'm, I'm a wreck and I'm trying to not go back to old coping mechanisms of what I didn't past. And, um, got to mention my, my ex was there and she helped me a lot and she was again, I've got a few more minutes. Just, fantastic. You know, I just got some more time. Okay. Uh, oh, extra time. Not like you only yeah. have a few minutes left. Okay, good. Um, so 10 minutes. I got 10 minutes now. <laughs> so, um, Anyway, I, I was helped through this. It was it was difficult. It was so hard. Um, but what I felt is I'd made it through pretty successfully feeling the emotion and letting the emotion out, where in the past what Joe would have done was would have kept that emotion inside. Um, <laughs> you can't tell by now. I, I'm an emotional person. Emotions are the primary operating system for me. And it's not the same with most people, but for me, sure. emotions are. It's that top thing where usually every decision I make is first based on emotion, then on analytic like an analysis going on. That's healthy.
1: <laughs> I mean as long as it, as long as you're actually using your brain and you're not just making emotional decisions. So the hard thing about this last year. Which in is- the past
0: is I would
1: make emotional decisions. I would just, in the wrong ways, be influenced by my emotion. So Brene Brown has an awesome quote where she says, if your heart is closed off, then you can't actually get blood flow up to your brain. So you end up using your heart to make decisions or your your breath to make decisions because it's not actually open and flowing correctly. So you can't actually use your brain. Your heart, your lungs, and your brain all work in conjunction together. And so if you're not actually in a state of breathing and you're making emotional decisions, it's because you literally cannot think through things and whatever you think and feel, that's why mm. people act on fear so heavily. So last year as you're yeah. in this really shitty state going on and it's like, yeah, whatever, for sure there's emotional decisions going on. That's usually where people go when they have not opened their heart back up. And so you're, you're having heartache after heartache and yeah. it's kind of like down the hole. So of like, of course you were at that place, but operating from emotions and having emotions be your guide. I don't think that's a bad thing in any way. So
0: no. Yeah. I just I had to say definitely that. think, I think that's like awesome. A, a right run. Cause I'm because still I'm kind of like the therapist said to me like, Hey, you're, you're going to have issues the rest of your life. <laughs> Therapy doesn't fix those or take them away. Uh, my emotions are with me till the end of my life as well, and that's also something that was um, la- that I learned last year is that my emotions are okay. Emotions are okay to feel, right. um, and everybody feels them. Um, not everybody talks about it, but emotions are okay to feel. Emotions are okay to make rational decisions or emotional decisions. But when you're off the rails and you're not thinking properly, and or you're just fueled by emotion alone, that could be bad. I'm not saying it is 100, percent, but sure. that could be a bad way to to run into operate. But, but anyway, so my so my cat passed. I'm I'm feel like I'm doing pretty good, I'm not reverting back to old um, strategies. And, and I don't know. I had a pretty deep connection with this cat because oftentimes in the past, <laughs> when I was feeling sad or upset, I would drink and get drunk, and there's my cat, and she would just come <laughs> up and she she would just love me. She would just be there. She's your drunk, which was awesome. Animal. And so. She's see, seen a lot of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I actually remember that night when Tyler came over before where I was inebriated in my room. She was just there lying, just like kind of staring at me. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. That's, that's burned into my memory of my cat. But she was there. And I was like, you're, you're such a sweet kitty. Yeah. So as this is happening, it's, it's kind of crazy. Um, I get this feeling that it's, it's, a pr- it's prepping me. <laughs> it's prepping me for another you big felt loss. That then. Yes, yeah. And I and I oh. told uh, my friend this. I told her I was like, "Hey, this is this is really strange. This is hard for me right now, but I think this is a test to see for me to see how I'm handling it and how I'm reacting because there's probably something that's going to come up." I didn't know how soon, <laughs> and unfortunately it was pretty soon, um, but I felt that super strongly, which was which was surprising. So I'm like, okay, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling ready. Um, my mom has had health issues for years. Um, she's been basically in a home hospice for like the past eight years. 10 years. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, <laughs> a it's long been time. since everybody's been back. Long time. Something we've been anticipating and expecting, but again, have not known. My mom's was a strong woman. Very stubborn. 100% German. Yeah. <laughs> She's very strong-willed. Anyway, she, she surprised us. Um, end of July, her health took a very quick um, downward spiral dive. Um, and... It was difficult and it was hard, but contrasting the two, I, I'm, I'm lightly touching on this. I hate that this is at the end, but we, we well, may jump into we're this again. we fine. Just keep okay. going for a few more minutes. Yeah. Just
1: keep going. Cause you got to get through this part and then we'll have a little bit of redemption <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and we won't tell the full story. So then you can spend a good majority of Joe's style in part two, which I'm really excited about. And people can look forward to, but we'll give a little bit of that. So it doesn't end just on okay. sadness. Okay, good.
0: That's what, that's why I have you here, Colt. I got you. Um, so.
1: Cause there is some redemption to this people. Just so you know, as <laughs> it feels like we're just going down a further wormhole. This is, this is true. This is good things. And this is relatable. So. Well,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. I got it. Got it. Got it in my mind. See, there's the analytical part. I had to think through it real fast. So I like, um, we got brains for a reason, fella. So, I share this because there's, there's an important principle here um, that I want to relate. Now, losing a parent's tough, difficult. Um, I'm, I am lost my dad in 2007, a uh, year after Dustin, right? Mm-hmm. And every day I've thought about it. It's something that will never go away. And so, with my mom, it's, just, it's the same thing. It was, it was tough and it was hard. Um, there's a lot going on that I had to do in the immediate moment. So I do think that there was a little bit of repression. And I mean, it's all a blur the first couple of weeks, like from when mom passed to actually the funeral, um, tried not to take a lot of work off, which probably was a bad idea. But anyway, so like, I'm like, it is difficult, but I compare and contrast. And I've told people this losing my cat was a lot harder than losing my mom on me. Um, mm. And I think just for the reason is that I wasn't prepared to lose my cat. While I was not prepared to lose my mom, I knew it was coming. And in my mind, I'd I'd, I'd worked through that scenario and situation and was like, it, it's going to happen. You need to be prepared. You need to be ready for it. Yeah,
1: and you were going to visit her like every Sunday. And every Sunday, yeah. you'd be like, well... I can't come over. I got to go see my mom because who knows how much longer she's going to be here. And you would yeah. say that all the time.
0: Yeah. I, I love my mom. Um.
1: And Joe, just so everybody <laughs> knows Joe was awesome um, at showing up for his mom. It's uh, not something that he would ever <laughs> pump and push. And I know that's uncomfortable for me to even say that to you, Joe, but Joe was so good. He took care of his mom for years and years and years, ever since Dad passed away, really. Minus you being in Texas for a little bit for the mission. yeah, You were always over there taking care of her. You you didn't do a bunch of stuff with us several times because you needed to take care of mom, which is super admirable. And, uh, I mean, something that I can just say that, like, I know your mom was beyond grateful for you because you always showed up, always did. And there's no regret there, so.
0: I I appreciate that. After, (laughs) definitely me... um... I don't know. Maybe it's still a mindset thing that I need to work through. But, um, in the past, like I would hear those things and I'd be like, okay, yeah. But now when I hear those, like it means a lot. Um, it means a lot to me because now rather than brushing it off, like I'm allowing it to be truth. And well, cause it is. So that's, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And, there's been a lot of, there have been a lot of people after mom has passed said those things. And, you know, I just, I just appreciate you. When people say nice things, they like, it means a lot to the person. So, yeah. um, we well, just know that all
1: of us <laughs> boys, we recognize you, uh,
0: how much yeah. you showed up for mom. Dude. So, so that's where it's interesting because mom meant a whole lot to me. Mom was mom was my life. Mom was my world. Um, and, <laughs> Losing my, my dumb cat was more difficult <laughs> than losing my mom, but it it's because I wasn't prepared for it. And I think that's another huge lesson and maybe where we can wrap this one up for now in life, right? Like one, some more big takeaways here, uh, and then we'll go into like a positive, but some of our takeaways here, one, we all have issues. We all have deep, dark secrets deep inside. But other people feel those where I thought I was alone for so long or embarrassed or ashamed of feeling these things. I, I will 100% guarantee that these are thoughts that are common within every individual. Some of our sad, suicidal, anxiety, whatever it may be, mental health thoughts that we have inside that we think we're alone with or embarrassed or ashamed that we're having. Other people have felt those things as well. Just because they don't talk about it, just because they don't say it, doesn't mean that they don't uh, feel that way or haven't felt that way. More more people than you know feel what you have felt. It may not be the same situation circumstance, right? But emotions and feelings at the core are the same, no matter what experience we go through. Um, sure. It's all played out in our mind of how we're feeling. Well, and so,
1: that's, that's universal. I mean, you and I have talked about. Um, Traumas in general. And somebody that witnessed dad give somebody, you know, more mac and cheese than another kid and was like, oh, wow, dad doesn't love me as much, <laughs> yes. could feel the same thing for somebody that literally was abandoned by dad. And it's like, okay, those are two completely different scenarios. Somebody else actually had their dad abandon them, and somebody else just thought that dad gave somebody else more mac and cheese. Traumas yes. feel the same. So, yes. sadness and emotions, yep. what you're saying, they're, they're all universal. So, I mean, the, the movie Inside Out, great little speck on I that. Because it's movie. like, dude, you have anger. Anger is the universal wherever it is. Sadness yes. is universal wherever it is. So, big or small, you know, there's the whole saying of like, God will never give you anything that you can't handle. Everybody just has different shit they go through. And so, mm-hmm. the cat thing for you was like a banger and then you have mom and that was right after you're going through probably your biggest suicidal venture that you'd felt so far. So all this crazy, which is going synonymous with everything that loneliness is at an all time high right now because we've got, you know, everything with, COVID going on and you're living single at the moment, which is yeah, damn
0: hard. And, and a continued choice because I probably could have gotten into a relationship if I wanted to, but again, realizing like, uh I got some things yeah, <laughs> that that's, I'm not well, quite That's the ready question yet, so, that you're like yeah.
1: totally making right about yourself. Yeah. It's like, ah, uh. so second
0: fold, like we all, we all feel feelings, although we all may not share about them. We all feel the same core emotions inside out is a great one. Um, The second one is that because you feel these things doesn't mean that there's a problem, right? Uh, for me and why I never wanted to go to a therapist, it's because it meant that there's something wrong, right? And because there's something wrong, you need to be fixed and that there needs to be a solution. Um, because you feel these things, there's doesn't mean that there's nothing. It doesn't mean that there's anything wrong. um, there is a fix, 100%. There needs to be a fix so that you're not constantly feeling these things. But it's okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel depressed. I think it's okay to have suicidal thoughts. What's not okay is to continually feel those things and to allow those, those feelings to impact other areas of your everyday life. And run everything. And
1: run yeah. and begin I mean, to take over the operating system. That's, that's literally what happens in Inside Out. You've seen the movie, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Sadness, yeah. because they push sadness aside for so long and don't look at sadness. You're such a movie Disney movie. Well, lady. dude, I, I. But it's, it's because there's so good. Yeah. many good stories. They're, yeah. they're damn good with storytelling. That's why I went off about Encanto <laughs> last week. Because I <laughs> love the way that they tell stories and they actually tell things that are like, pertinent like they really are but yeah but sadness ends up ruling everything because they wouldn't let sadness in and yes. sadness wasn't allowed to be a part of the equation yeah. it's like dude you have to you got to be able to look at if you're feeling suicidal you should really look at that shit and take a good look at it because if it's where you're at you got to see it or else it's just going to come back with a vengeance the next time exactly. and it'll run everything yes. <laughs> and it ruins all your happiness and it ruins all your anger yeah so anyways, just and in, putting in on in,
0: that in kind of conjunction with that, like if you go to a therapist, it doesn't mean you're, you're damaged. It doesn't mean that there's things wrong with you, but also, right. Um, this is the third one, but we'll jump ahead a little bit. Um, no, they're not going to take your problems away. No, they're not going to take the feelings away. No, they're not going to give you solutions. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, They're, again, somebody who's going to help you work through these things on your own, but the work is done within yourself. (laughs) Right. I I think that's also important to understand because a misconception that I had for a super long time that I was going to go to a therapist and that they were going to fix these things and I was never going to experience them or feel those feelings again moving forward, which was completely wrong. Um, So if you can, mental health is unfortunately something that's not covered a lot in plans, (laughs) medical plans, medical coverage, and is kind of rather cumbersome to, to come by. I'm lucky that my company has something available to us. But um, even if you can't talk to somebody like who has the experience, the clinical knowledge, uh, either psychologist or psychiatrist in this situation, just talk to somebody. Um, yeah. I, I encourage it. Talk to somebody, definitely try to talk to somebody who knows and understands what you've been through. Um, but, but find that person. And if you don't have like that, Cir- close circle of friends um, that's where I would encourage like hey I'm I'm, I'm more than happy uh, Reach gonna, out to Joe we'll, we'll get a network together of people in which we can we can help one another um, third thing is plan <laughs> right um, plan and be prepared be prepared for situations uh, and run through all the scenarios in your mind this is where I think you can be super super analytical super in your mind on things right like like Now, with my pets, like I understand, I'm going to lose them one day. I don't want to lose them in a week, but if that happens, now I'm prepared for that. Like I've thought through that with my pets because 100% my cats could get out. Same exact thing could happen. I, I understand that and know that now. Right. And same thing with my dog. I mean, I, I see things with people's pets all the time, right? Like all these health issues that they have, like hundred percent lucky he's been healthy for this first year of his life, but there's something that could come up down the road that will be difficult. Um, but in my experience with my cat, and my mom, that was huge for me and how the, uh, how it played on me, my emotions, my feelings, and, um, the thereafter of that situation. Right. And I can tell you a hundred percent from experience that, if you plan and anticipate and know the good and the bad that can happen in situations, won't mean the bad won't happen, uh, but it can mean when the bad does happen, you're prepared for it and you can handle it better than being completely blindsided by whatever it may be in life. Um, So I, that's what I'm hoping to accomplish in the message that I want to get out sharing these types of things, because again, I, I'm a guy. It's hard for guys to share these things. It's hard for guys to not hear these things and understand that it's normal. <laughs> yeah. right? We keep using these words like normal, uh, abnormal uh, issues, problems, and stuff like that. But these are human n- human nature, human behavior. Everybody feels these things. And I think this, <laughs> I think mean, one of the only cool things of our emerging uh, society is that these mental health issues are, are becoming less taboo, oh, yeah. less of you're not a man if you cry. You're not a man if you feel sad. You're not a man if you're depressed because m- men always have been, there's a flag behind you with a warrior native American warrior on it, right? That's yeah. that's kind of the picture of what a man is, right? A warrior, a that's brave, dope, strong, like right. always prepared, ready to take care of other people, Guess what? Sometimes those warriors need to be taken care of themselves. And yeah. that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Let's 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 put a positive spin on this. I I am not sure what you wanted to share, but but for me, like I'm surprised I made it out of 2022. 2021. Um I'll be surprised to make we're, it out of twenty. We're, we're not there yet, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm surprised I made it out of last year. And It's, it's surprising for me that I can immediately see like a benefit of not ending my life back in January where I was able to be there
1: when my mom passed, I was holding her hand as she took her last breath.
0: She needed me for that. And it would have been super selfish if I were watching that from the other side. Of course, I could have been a help and support her from that side, <laughs> the other side. Um, but that experience just shared with me, uh, gave me purpose again. And while I hadn't been able to feel that, it, it still took months for me to get <laughs> going with that purpose which is where I'm at now. So let's positive spin this, right? Like went through, as many of you have, I'm, I'm not saying I'm alone, unique or specific, but a pretty rough year last year. And all of a sudden a, a switch flipped. I, and really it just comes down to a decision. I decided like, hey, I'm not going to let these emotions continue to, to overrule and run my life right now. Um, I need to manage this a little bit better. This but
1: is a f- this is a couple months. This was Mom's November. Past. Yeah,
0: this was end of November.
1: and so, so a lot of this, I don't want you to go into a lot of this yet. No, no, no. I'm just going to touch. I'm just going to okay. say like, I'm like way hey, all, all, the, all of a
0: sudden a light switch. So here is where I will tell people who are struggling, like, yes, eventually it does get better. I I can guarantee and I can promise you that. But see for me, it wasn't immediately after my mom passed my mom passed away in July, and it just took as long as until I was ready, which was happened to be at the end of November. I don't know why I don't know why end of November was the time time frame for me, and what I will add on to this is that things aren't perfect right now <laughs> right don't don't be don't have that misconception that oh his, his shit's together. No, my shit's not together. things aren't perfect, but I am a lot better now at navigating and handling these emotions and these situations than I was in the past. And hopefully we'll be better prepared to not be in those same situations emotionally again, where I can feel emotion, but I won't let emotion be the overriding factor. So, um, it does get better. I have no idea. I can't tell you when, um, I can't tell you when it will get better, how it will get better, in what sense it'll get better. And, and that's the thing is that I say, a light switched and things are better. Nothing really changed in my life. <laughs>
1: Every other except situation, for, except for your decisions that you made on. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh,
0: externally, nothing changed. Internally, right. a lot of change happened, but externally, not like things got better. Uh, I still live in the same place. I still work the same job. So I have the same friends. Like, there
1: you didn't have to abandon
0: life. I didn't have. to. Yeah, exactly. It, and nothing change. miraculously changed. It was just. I decided I'm going to start to feel better and I'm taking steps now to slowly do that. And this, this is one of those things, right? So this is a very deep episode, but the, the positive, at least that I want to spin and maybe in a high note that we will end on is that it does end. Um, it only doesn't when you throw in the towel and when you quit. Um, that's for sure, nope, not getting better. But as long as you're still breathing, as long as you're still waking up, there's opportunity and chance for things to get better. And it may not be all at once. It may not be immediate. It m- may take a while. It may take time. It may take work. Um, but things can get better dependent on you and internally what's going on. You've got to decide. And if there's anything that I can do or share, or tell you is that just make that decision, make that decision that you're going to be better. You're going to seek help and, and help maybe just getting some ideas on, well, on and, what to
1: do. And you even know, just and, recognize that you have a choice. So what you were saying before in just empowering people people feel like they don't have any choices and you don't always have a choice. And I'm, I'm, I'm done and I'm through and whatever the second that they recognize that they have a choice and that they can choose to die or they can choose to live is huge, monumental. That's exactly what happened for you where you're like, okay, well now I actually have to make the choice back in January. Right. Yeah. And so now looking at it full swing, coming into November, there was a choice then again to be made of like, okay, I'm not happy with where I'm at right now. It's either time to uh, go further down this hole, or I can choose to change shit. That's absolutely the most universal thing of everything that you said that I just have loved all through it. Is like, hey, it's time to choose, yeah. and you've always got a choice. And here you go. And so, in in just tying yeah. some of what I loved of what you said. Um, you do always have a choice. You always can choose to live if you want to. You can. Uh, the second that you choose that you don't want to anymore, you, you now have lost your choice. And that's where freedom actually is it. So it's yep. the opposite of what you think it would be. The second that you, and it's not even the right or wrong thing. You, you choose to go out. That's, that's your choice. Um, freedom actually is on the side when you decide that you choose to live. And that's been the coolest thing in watching you over the last month or so, month and a half year, watching you just be like, "I just made some choices, <laughs> stuck to it, and I'm feeling pretty damn good about it." And it's like, yeah. "Oh, you chose to live. That's awesome. Is, welcome back, Joe. It's great to see you." Exactly. And all of a sudden, now the podcast is back up and running. You're yeah. at the gym every damn day. You're eating clean. We're not eating wings at times when I really wanted to eat wings with oh, you. Jeez. Yeah. So. All in all, I'm, I'm proud, Joseph, and uh, as a friend and somebody that's watching. Um, if anybody um, is feeling anything and just wants uh, somebody to just relay or whatever, Joe's somebody you can count on. Um, Joe gets stuff, and he's really good with mindset. So he's somebody that you can um, relate to as well as somebody that you can get even just a golden nugget. Whether it's a YouTube thing that he sends you to or if it's something that it's an experience that he's had, don't hesitate to reach out because you're already there right now. If you're feeling it and you're feeling like you could use a friend, Joe's a damn good friend. Don't hesitate to reach out to I'm him. Cool. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> when you're not being a douche. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm cool. No, I, I appreciate that. Cool. Uh, that means a lot. And, and I really uh, do have to go. So yeah, I was going to say, let's, let's, let's wrap up <laughs> here. And that like, that's a fantastic place to stop. And, and again, I just want to reiterate, right? like, Things will get better, I don't know when i I guess um not I guess so i I had made that decision to live in January, still felt like shit for most of the year, still went through losing my mom, and here in November December, January, starting to make some changes so so again like it's it's not immediate um and it's not going to happen right away. Life. Everybody's different. It could be, yeah. it could be faster, it could be slower, but make that, just make that decision. That's my encouragement. Make that decision. Whatever it is, whatever you personally decide, I I will love you. Like I, I will love you. I believe there's a guy upstairs that will love you no matter what <laughs> you decide as well. Colton's going to love you too. Uh, Colton will love you. And, um, good, good things are happening. You're, you're here for a reason. There is a, purpose and a reason for you if you're still alive. I 100% believe that. If you, if, if your mission's done, your purpose on this life is over, you're not going to be here anymore. Uh, again, I relate back and think to my mom. Why, why did she hang on for all of those years where she was bedridden and she really couldn't get up and do anything? I don't know. It was her plan, uh, his plan for her. And while it sucked to see her in that state for so long, I can't see it um, maybe there was a reason, maybe this is the reason, right? Maybe this was the, the, the catalyst for everything, um, that's coming up in my life. I, I don't know. Maybe there's other individuals in our family that have benefited, but just know this, don't give up. You have a purpose. You have at least two people who love you, Joe and Colton, um, uh, right. that can help you through these situations. So, all right, everybody, this is part one. Not sure we'll get to part two because we've got some other ones, um, coming up. Joe doesn't like talk about Joe. And I think I've said... <laughs> a lot of what I needed to say and wanted to get out about mental health. Uh, guys, we're all in this together. We're not making it out alive. <laughs> but we do the best that we can to help and support each other. So, everybody, hope you enjoyed this episode. Colton, thank you so much. I know Love you've got you. plans. Um, you came over to do this. Uh, I appreciate it a lot, buddy. Love you a lot. Love you. Um, if you're listening to this and it impacted you, or you know that it can help somebody out, please share with them. Not, not for the purpose of growing this podcast, but for the purpose of helping other individuals and out. we which do is, want
1: to grow the podcast so that it can help what? more people. So yeah. I'm not going to pretend okay. that we don't right. want that joke. We want both <laughs> you're, of them. You're my marketing guy.
0: So all right, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye.